大家好啊 ，Welcome to the Way Into the Dragon Podcast, a show that takes an in-depth look at Hong Kong cinema from an Asian and Western cultural perspective. I'm Edwin, a Chinese American who grew up in the States, and I'm looking to re-explore my cultural heritage through the lens of films. On this journey, I'll be joined by my co-host Matthias, an Italian who is one of the most knowledgeable Hong Kong film enthusiasts I know. Buongiorno, I'm Matthias, an Italian globetrotter who has been living in China for the past 13 years. Together with Edwin, I will be discussing Hong Kong's films, both past and present. Digging through the archives and talking to industry veterans. In the process, we will uncover the stories and cultural context behind genre staples to forgotten classics. So whether you are new to Asian cinema or a seasoned film buff, we invite you to join us on a journey to discover what makes Hong Kong cinema so special. Wow. Okay. So here goes our show on Hong Kong cinema. Big topic.、Uh, where do you think we should start? Yeah, man. I mean, so many things to talk about.、Uh, I mean, Hong Kong films have been a, a lifelong passion of mine. I mean, I think、uh, Hong Kong cinema is such a treasure trove of good stuff, man. You said it, man. I mean, that is kind of the point of this podcast—to act as a sort of primer to these films. Yeah, definitely.、Uh, we hope this this is kind of a gateway into Chinese film culture,、mm -hmm. which is why we called this actually "Way Into the Dragon." Yeah,、right? totally.、It、sounds obviously very similar to "The Way of the Dragon," which is actually the first film that I saw. Yeah, and that got me really like enchanted for everything that is like Chinese slash Asian、right. cinema. And and I have to say that I mean movies in general are a really powerful tool and medium I think to highlight like actually how exchanges between different cultures result in wonderful results because I mean you know as we all know movies are rarely the product of only one、oh, culture、totally. right if you look at it like filmmakers often get inspired by other peers from across the globe I mean just look at、uh, Kill Bill for example、mm -hmm. right I mean where you have like spaghetti western kung fu and、uh, you know Japanese samurai and manga culture all in one yeah.、Right? I, I do think that that is something very meaningful、uh, to remember, because especially in a world where we increasingly see more isolation, hatred, and discrimination. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Oh yeah, totally agree.、Um, the intercultural aspects of films is important for sure.、Uh, personally, I've watched a fair share of Hong Kong films growing up, but certainly nowhere near as much as you. So I look forward to discovering films I've missed out on. Yeah, don't worry, man. We'll cover a lot of ground for sure. So, how did you get started into Hong Kong films? How did you get into、uh, it? Well, actually, by coincidence, I don't know. Call it destiny. So it happened like that. My dad, back in the day, he bought like a new VCR. And、right. for anybody out there that is still very young, okay, a VCR is a video cassette recorder. Okay, so back in the day when everything was still analog and not digital, as what to you are used now, <laughs> right?、Um, right. So、uh, he he bought this new VCR and then he programmed it to record a. Program right、mm -hmm. just to see you know how it works, and then the day after he checked it out and we watched the the recording together.、Mm -hmm. And by coincidence, he recorded a movie, and that movie was The Way of the Dragon、mm -hmm. with Bruce Lee, right? And again, weird coincidence, movie is set in Italy,、mm -hmm. right? Right. And right. yeah, so <laughs> in any case, it was the first time to watch a martial arts slash action film、mm -hmm. for me, and it was also the first time to see an Asian as a leading actor. And to me, I have to say that was really special. And I was completely mesmerized by the on-screen movements of Bruce Lee. I mean, they were so dynamic,、mm -hmm. so fast, so powerful, and yet he displayed so much grace and and elegance at the same time, right?、Mm -hmm. So, so for me, that was that was something again so different versus what I had seen until that point, right? And and that's that's where I got really, really, I, I would say, like literally enchanted、right. by the beauty of martial arts, and I was immediately hooked onto Hong Kong. Oh、soon. wow, that's a really nice story. So, what were some of the movies that? After Way of the Dragon, that you watched, that were some of the starting points for you. Oh, okay, yeah. After the Way of the Dragon, watching martial arts films became like a weekly appointment、mm -hmm. for me because there was this this channel that would air、uh, martial arts films every Friday and Saturday night. And、yeah. um, I think some of the first ones I watched after Way of the Dragon was like、uh, so there was Fist of Fury, another Bruce Lee movie, then Dragon Inn and A Touch of Zen, two great wuxia classics by King Hu, who's I think the forefather of wuxia films. In my opinion,、mm -hmm. he gets so many masterpieces. And then there was, I think, the Shaw Brothers classic Thirty Six Chambers、mm -hmm. of Shaolin, which I think is one of the best Shaw Brothers films ever made, and had a huge influence on kung fu cinema in、oh, general.、Yeah. 
Yeah, that's a classic. Uh, yeah. Yeah, and then uh, for some of the first few ones I watched were like The Sword by Golden Harvest and Duel to the Death. That was another Golden Harvest. Two swordplay films. Still among my, yeah, I would say top five swordplay slash wuxia right. films. Yeah, it's also kind of interesting how diverse sort of the Hong Kong film genres. And it's kind of oh, different yeah, from Western movies. Well, different in the sense that, I mean, a, a lot of the genres that you see in Hong Kong cinema very often are mm-hmm. mixed. Like you, you get like a movie where there's like some kind of crime drama aspect to it, but then there's martial arts in it. There's a, uh, there are gunfights in it. There are some really crazy car stunts, or you know maybe there are even some thriller elements in there. So I think Hong Kong became really good at mixing up different genres. But I think the fact that you had all these these kind of mixes is also an influence from the West because mm-hmm. um, genres like I mean, the spaghetti Western from Italy or the Jallo from Italy, or even the, the zombie movies from the late seventies, early eighties from Italy, they also had like a, a kind of impact on directors and filmmakers in Hong Kong. As, as you can see, I mean, you started mm-hmm. to have movies like uh, encounters of the spooky kind. Then later on you had Mr. Vampire uh, and so on. Right. And then the crime movies like, uh, or the crime action films like a better tomorrow by John Woo mm-hmm. right, or the killer. They have a very obvious influence from um, from some of the crime films in Hollywood and in Europe, I would mm-hmm. say. Um, I mean, John Wu himself was a big fan of Truffaut and Melville, mm-hmm. French directors, and I think also Sergio Leone. So, I mean, you, you can see actually how there's mutual influence there. And in terms of genres, I think overall, I would say that still Hong Kong cinema is mainly known, obviously, for, for the martial arts and action right. films. That, that's how it became famous, right? Yeah. Yeah. What are some of the unique things you think? Uh, u- unique in terms of... What were you impressed uh, by? Oh, okay. What, what I was impressed by, I, I would say the quality of the choreography and the, the stunts. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, you would never see uh, stunts that you saw in Hong Kong movies in any other films from around the world at that point right. in time. I would say like the golden age, in, in my opinion, mm-hmm. the golden age was like, the mid eighties, so, so between like I don't know, nineteen eighty four to nineteen eighty nine, nineteen ninety, the best movies were done at that time. Yeah. And also the ones with the most craziest stunts. Like I mean, if you look at movies like Eastern Condors, Police Story, Dragons Forever, mm-hmm. Twinkle Twinkle Lucky Stars, My Lucky Stars. I mean, those Samo Hung directed films with Jackie Chan or Jackie Chan directed films, they set completely new standards for action cinema all over the world. And the stunts shown in those films, I think, are second to none. They are unmatched up to this day, I think. Mm, you know? Right. And there were no there were no special effects or anything. I mean, that was all them doing these crazy stunts. And that's what really impressed me and what got me fascinated. I mean, the beauty of martial arts movements at the beginning, mm-hmm. right, that, that I got hooked on right via the Way of the Dragon, but then also the stunts that you would see in Hong Kong films. I mean, it's just you know, second right. Yeah, and I think also as a starting point, it's good that you mentioned Way of the Dragon because, yeah. you know, martial arts obviously is a big part of Hong Kong cinema. Yes. And I think we can't talk about martial arts, this, this genre of film, uh, without talking about Bruce Lee in more detail. Well, absolutely, I would say. Um, because Way of the Dragon, in my opinion, was groundbreaking for many reasons. But obviously, I mean, uh, staying in the topic of martial arts, first of all, as we said, right, this, this was Bruce Lee's sole directorial debut. Okay. So here, I do think that Golden Harvest surely left him a lot of creative freedom. Okay. And, and you can see that in the fight choreography. Okay, the movie doesn't mm-hmm. actually have a lot of fights, and I think that's probably uh, deliberately done so by Bruce because that adds so much more uh, focus probably than on the fights as well. But mm-hmm. um, I would say they were extremely fast-paced, and they were quite realistic, and then they were in this kind of modern-day setting, and they were not using any kind of traditional kung fu styles like with the uh, animal styles like crane or tiger or all this kind of stuff that you see in those classic kung fu films mm-hmm. and you know it was much more modern day fighting style and really fast paced and it kind of anticipated i would say those movies in the 80s in the golden age right mm-hmm. i do think sammo hong and jackie chan were definitely influenced by the way bruce revolutionized the fights i mean we have to remember it was 1972 yeah in 1972, if you watch any movies out of Hong Kong, martial arts movies out of Hong Kong in 1972, I mean, I challenge you to find any movie that had that intensity and that speed in the fights. Okay. Mm-hmm. And most of the movies were anyway kind of sword plays slash wuxia ancient setting movies. And this movie was mm-hmm. like in a modern day setting. It was like in, in Europe, in Rome, and 
the way so the way he kind of um choreographed the fights were also somehow encapsulating the Jeet Kune Do philosophy. So it's the martial art mm -hmm. that he developed, right? You have a lot of his martial arts wisdom actually in that movie. You see a lot of distance control. You see a lot of the element of surprise. You see a lot of rhythm, trapping, timing. Those are all elements that, that kind of characterize Jeet Kune Do. And it's very visible in the film. And then there was a very interesting feature that he added because I didn't see that in any other movie mm -hmm. that was from that kind of time period. So he used like a kind of white dust on the body of people. So there's one mm -hmm. scene where he gives a very powerful sidekick in slow motion to somebody. And, and at that moment of the impact on the body, you see that dust in the air. Mm -hmm. So that just added so much more intensity to the fight scene and made the kicks and punches that much more impressive. Right. And that's right. something that I think you start to see in the Golden Harvest 80s flicks, like that I mentioned before, like the Sammo Hung and Jackie Chan movies, mm -hmm. and Eastern Condors and Millionaire's Express and My Lucky Stars. So I do think he definitely was the guy that surely started this. Uh, just as a fan, I do think that because I didn't see it anywhere else. And, and then you started seeing it in those movies later on. And that's like almost a decade later. No, not almost. It is oh, a decade yeah. later. Right. Yeah. And, and also yeah. in that movie, there's the comedy aspect as well. Right. Absolutely. I mean, Bruce is actually amazing. You know, most of the movies that you watch at that time, as I said, they were like swordplay films. And, and, and even if they were like some hand to hand combat films, they were quite straight faced. They were serious. Right. But he had a lot of uh, physical humor in there. And, and, you know, he had some hilarious facial expressions, mm -hmm. especially mm -hmm. at the beginning yeah. when he arrives at the airport. And he has like a lot of funny expressions. Yeah. And I, somehow I think that was a, a predecessor to the Kung Fu comedy, in my opinion. Um, he anticipated movies like Drunken Master or Snake in the Eagle's Shadow, which some critics define as the first Kung Fu comedies. Yeah, and because of this movie and sort of the influence of Bruce Lee, I think that kind of is a good segue into our guest today, Jeff. Absolutely, yes. Yeah, I think like, we can't talk about Bruce without Jeff. Yes, he, he's a must, okay? So Jeff is a friend of mine, and he was also captivated by the, you can say, charisma of Bruce. And Jeff is actually, I would say, the world's most famous Bruce Lee memorabilia collector. Uh, some of his pieces, mm -hmm. uh, as far as I remember, were even lent to the Smithsonian. And mm -hmm. I met him first uh, virtually on Facebook. And then later on, mm -hmm. I met him actually in person at the Bruce Lee exhibition at the Hong Kong Heritage Museum back in 2018. So that was an exhibition mm -hmm. done uh, specifically for him as a Bruce Lee memorabilia collector. So he displayed all his pieces there. And that's how we met. And uh, yeah, so Jeff is with us today to share his thought on many interesting topics surrounding the legend of Bruce Lee. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Welcome, Jeff. Thank you for having me. Yeah, so uh, before me and Matthias, we were talking a little bit about Bruce Lee. And we really want to kind of explore a little bit more about his influence and your personal relationship with Bruce Lee and how it became sort of a lifelong passion for you. Could you tell us a little bit about that? Well, I started collecting Bruce Lee memorabilia back in 1972 at the age of 11. My initial goal as a, as a little boy was to have one of the biggest Bruce Lee collections in the sixth grade. Um, <laughs> I, I guess I surpassed that. Yeah, I and, um, Definitely. <laughs> and, and it has become uh, beyond just collecting because I'm using my collection to tell the story about the life and legacy of Bruce Lee. That's my way of paying him back for all the uh, pride and all the um, joy that he's given me since the 1970s. Mm. Wow. And you, you mentioned 1972, right? So that's actually the release mm -hmm. year of The Way of the Dragon. Was that the first film you saw, or did you, did you see another Bruce Lee film first? Well, how, how it all started is that um, my uh, neighborhood uh, friend, brought over a uh, magazine. It was called uh, New Martial Hero. So that officially became my very first Bruce Lee item. And because I had the magazine, my friend also told me that I need to tell my dad to take me to a Bruce Lee movie. Mm. So when, nice. I, when I approached my dad and I showed him the magazine, I said, um, can you take me to a uh, Bruce Lee movie? And my dad said, uh, well, where's it showing? And I said, in uh, San Francisco Chinatown, and my dad immediately answered no, because all those theaters in San Francisco Chinatown are filthy. 
And I said, mm. I don't, I don't okay. care. And he goes, well, I don't want fleas to jump on you and then have mice uh, run up your uh, leg. <laughs> so, <laughs> right. Yeah, so it wasn't until uh, the next year, 1973, when an American uh, movie company, uh, National General Pictures, uh, released uh, Bruce's first movie, uh, The Big Boss, and, and of course retitled it uh, Fizz of Fury. So confusing. When, wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah, gets gets kind of confusing. But um, so I showed my dad the uh, newspaper ad for Fizz uh, Fury, and the ad actually says starts tomorrow. And I said, "Can you take me to a Bruce Lee movie?" And my dad, mm -hmm. of course, asked me the same question. Well, where's it showing? <laughs> I said, "In a San Francisco downtown movie theater where it's clean." So, oh, okay. Oh, so, so, yeah. So, so I, so I guess he he was had a perception that, that American theaters were clean. Mm. But to tell you the truth, when me and my brother were in the theater with my dad, the floors were all sticky. But then we didn't, we didn't, we didn't say anything because um, after that, my dad would take me like every, every two weeks oh, to, okay. to watch a, either a Bruce wow. Lee or a Kung oh. Fu movie. And those are some of the best times of, of my life that, that I spent mm. with, with my dad. Yes. Wow. Do you think your father thought that Bruce Lee would be a good role model? I guess the the biggest um, or most special memory of watching uh, The Big Boss was that I saw someone on the screen that was Chinese-American that looked like me, that was, you know, the hero of, of the movie and no longer was he some negative uh, stereotype that we're so used to growing up in the, in the United States. So after the movie, I, I felt like 10 feet tall and, huh. um, you know, I, 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 mm. I held my, my head up high Yep. and, um, about half of the audience was comprised of blacks and Hispanics. And, um, I guess it was the first time that I was in a, in, a, in such a crowd, but because of, of the nature of the movie and then, um, of Bruce Lee, it brought all of us together in the movie theater. I wouldn't say that that is like a family, but it was yeah, like yeah. an and a total experience because um, I have a lot of African American friends that tell me that uh, black people love to talk uh, to the screen, so they're they're like saying, "Hey, yeah, watch out, Bruce!" <laughs> you know all the. All the all all these things and then yeah just 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 made it so life, life so much commentary. more yes yes yeah, yeah. made it so much uh, more special and um even even with the advent now of a dvd or streaming or whatever mm -hmm. you you can never replicate the experience uh, of that oh, no even... way yeah yeah i mean i'm i think it's very interesting that you mentioned that and i think this is also where kind of me and you click i mean because mm -hmm. i i actually think exactly the same i think um what bruce lee represents to me or to many people around the world is probably the fact that he was a real game changer, I think, in terms of bringing different cultures together, right? Because he never made any mm -hmm. differences among different ethnic groups, right? Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I, I think that's where I kind of think also identify myself with him, right? Because he was someone that, yeah, of course, I mean, he wanted to promote Chinese culture to the world. But at the same time, he would also absorb, especially in his martial arts philosophy, theories from different cultures from around the world. I mean, if, if you think mm -hmm. of some of his famous like uh, quotes, right, when he says, uh, love knows no geography, right, when he was talking about his relationship or when he said, under mm -hmm. the heavens, there's but one big family, right? These are very mm -hmm. meaningful. Yes. Yeah, I think Bruce Lee, he just represents a lot of these really kind of ideals, especially the way that he attracts people. You mentioned in the, the movie theater, there were all these different people from different racial groups, cultural yeah. backgrounds. And I think a lot of times in these movies, he plays a character that helps the underrepresented or mm -hmm. he's going yeah. against some sort of, of authoritarian yeah. kind of, you know, people like in, in way of the dragon, he's going against these gangsters, yeah. right? Mobsters, terrorizing yeah. this poor yeah. uh, restaurant. Rest I think that kind of speaks to a lot of people. Yeah. Um, it's, um, you know, something very special uh, because me being Chinese, I, I can totally relate to Bruce Lee, but other minority groups also relate to Bruce Lee as, as being like the underdog, the, the person yeah. that's always struggling to fight the uh, system or the man. I think um, people are more alike than they are different. It's, it's just people 
just think or cause uh, or create barriers Mm -hmm. because of uh, certain thoughts or whatever, and they just pass it on. But I think that Bruce Lee is is a type of personality that brings people together, no matter who you are. Yes. We actually talked about a bit of stereotypes. Actually, Jeff, you, you mentioned it as well, just in terms of Asian kind of stereotyping. Yeah. And we were saying how Asians are, I think there's always been this prevalent thing about Asians being good at math. And we were saying <laughs> how maybe 20 years ago, like when I was growing up, there was this thing about Asians being good at Kung Fu. And I think that has to do with the media perception and also sort of, it's not a, stereotypes are never really good, but I think it kind of is a testament to how influential Hong Kong cinema was. Because I think how this formed has to do with how popular that genre of movie was. Yeah. Um, I guess most of the time you would consider a stereotype as something negative. Mm-hmm. Um, but to me, especially growing up and sometimes facing uh, racism, um, I thought it was a positive stereotype because it, mm-hmm. it got it got me out of a lot of fights and uh, beatings. Uh, because, uh, you know, when, yeah, yeah, when someone you wants to beat you like up that, or... Right? Yeah, or, 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 yeah, 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 yeah. You don't have to go like that. You just go, right? Just, 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 you just yeah. give him the look. Yeah. You give yeah, him the look. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, like you know, yeah. So, um, yes. Nice. <laughs> yeah, Jeff. What do you think about just in terms of Asians in the film industry? It seems a lot of. I mean, nowadays it's a lot more. Uh, I think it's it's grown a lot in terms of the roles that Asians take in the film industry, but mm-hmm. it seems um, there's still that sort of, I don't know if it's a, I, don't, I wouldn't say it's a stigma, but it's, it's sort of that thing that Asians are good at Kung Fu. It still kind of carries on that kind of legacy. And like, sometimes it's hard for people to, to break out of that kind of, um, you know, even if you look at people like Jackie Chan or Jet Li, they're kind of, oftentimes they're in those roles that they're good at martial arts, um, even though they have taken some other roles, but yeah. it seems... Rarely, yeah. Yeah. Or maybe, it, do you think it's more of a statistic thing? Do you have any thoughts on that? Um, I think from talking to people that are in the, um, in the film industry... Mm-hmm. Is, is the belief that a lot of these uh, movie makers have is that if you have an Asian, you're taking a big risk in terms of box office. Um, mm-hmm. That, you know, uh, movies are all mostly about making money. And if you mm-hmm. don't have a, have a, you know, make make a lot of money from your film, then it's going to continue the trend where they said, well, you know, we, we tried to put a Asian in, in a co-star or, or even a, yeah. a lead role. Which is mm-hmm. very rare, and then look at look look at how mediocre the mm. box office is, and um, and I have heard uh, certain of my actor friends would go to a casting call, and they would say, "Well, you need to speak in like that pigeon English because that's how mm. Asians are supposed to speak," which is very yeah. de- de- demeaning. Um, yeah, that, totally. That that's the the norm. So yeah, so it's a struggle. Um, when when I grew up during the Kung Fu craze, yeah, it was it, it was so refreshing to open up oh, the, yeah. the newspaper, you know, in in the movie section to see a Chinese movie every other week, and they yeah. said, "Wow, this is beginning to like feel normal, right?" Wow, yeah, you know, made yeah. made made me feel like a normal person. Um, but then after the the Kung Fu craze, then was was like a very dry period because uh, I I guess the Kung yeah. Fu craze just just kind of you know, came, came and went. Mm-hmm. Um, so then once again, the, the stereotypes had uh, started to come uh, once again. And it wasn't until they, they had a movie called the jo- the Joyla Club mm-hmm. that right. they, that it was all Asian cast. And then, um, and it was, it was made, made in Hollywood and then, you know, made, made a lot of Asian people feel proud again. Cause it was, mm-hmm. you know, just nor- normal people. On, mm-hmm. uh, on on the screen, not no negative um, representation. Yeah. But then we had to wait what 
20 more years for <laughs> crazy, for, cra yeah. yeah, yeah, crazy rich oh, Asians. Right. And then Hollywood say, oh, you know, um, maybe Asians can start, you know, making money in, in the box office. But then it started to, to, to go down again. And then I guess the, the next one in terms of going up was, mm -hmm. was uh, Shang-Chi, which, which was a Marvel movie and it was mm -hmm. a, basically an all, all Asian cast. Probably also one reason why there weren't that many Asians involved is is probably also family education, right? And that probably goes mm -hmm. back to, to to the stereotypes we mentioned before, right? Asians are good at math, right? So yeah. maybe the, mm -hmm. the fact that many Asian families in general tend to put a strong focus on on education, right, mm -hmm. rather than right than having their children probably trying to be entertainers, right, or mm -hmm. you know enter that kind of industry, right? Yeah, probably if you told your parents that you want to be an actor yeah, and, yeah, and, yeah, you're, yeah. and you're Asian, they're probably going to mm -hmm. dis, uh, disown you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, probably. But you see now that feels also like you mentioned Marvel before, right? I mean, personally, I, I'm not a very big fan of um, like comic adaptations. Uh, I mean, if it's like Asian stuff, like, you know, manga, then yeah, that's a little mm -hmm. bit more interesting for me. But I, I feel like it's it's kind of obvious that when they do something with a all Asian cast or with, with a, you know, with a high number of Asian mm -hmm. uh, actors that, you know, it's probably to get access or, you know, more presence mm -hmm. and visibility in a Chinese market, right? Because mm -hmm. it's such a huge market, right? So that, that's what it feels very often as well. Yeah, well, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, Mateus. But the ironic part is when you ship those movies from the United States to China or Hong Kong, the movies tend to do very bad, <laughs> right? Right? Because I think Shang Chi didn't 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 do yeah, that yeah. well, or, no, or, no, no. or they didn't even allow. I, the, I didn't. The, I, I, the release. I'm not sure. I even saw. Right? Yeah, I I, I didn't yeah. see any advertisement about it. Actually, yeah. I have to say, yeah, yeah. Mm. So it's hard to capture that taste. Yeah. 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 Even exactly. even you know, sad to say, even though Enter the Dragon is is the worldwide phenomenon no, known as the the greatest martial arts movie ever mm -hmm. made, uh, it did poorly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It did did very poorly in in uh, Hong Kong. Oh, yeah, right, right, yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. Yep. So, I mean, personally, I mean, just from my side, uh, I I don't know what your favorite is. I mean, for me, it stays Way mm -hmm. of the Dragon, but uh, Enter the Dragon oh, yeah. is actually yeah. I wouldn't even place it in the top three, probably. If then, I w it would be the third one, maybe. But it definitely, Way of mm -hmm. the Dragon and Fist of Fury, these two. Yeah. And then, then mm -hmm. maybe the big boss. I mean, Enter the yeah. Dragon would be the least preferred. I also don't know why. It's just a matter of, um, yeah, choreography, fight choreography. Even Bruce mm -hmm. was going like was doing it, but it didn't have the flair of those three I mentioned. I don't know. I think what what helps Enter the Dragon is you get to hear Bruce's real voice. Yes, that's oh. that's true. Yes, yes, that's true. Yeah, because the even the Chinese versions of Big Boss, Fist of Fury, and and Way of the Dragon, even though it is is in Chinese back then, Mandarin was a popular uh, dialect. So correct. so they never use uh, Bruce's uh, Chinese voice in any of those films. In other movies, yeah, correct. And even the Cantonese yeah. version of the Way of the Dragon, uh, I don't think it's his voice. No, no. Yeah, no. yeah, yeah, yeah. Hmm. So, so what, Jeff, what's your top Bruce Lee movies, your top three? My top one is, is The Way of the Dragon, not the chopped up uh, uh, <laughs> American version, Re Return of the Dragon. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, and I think I had told you uh, guys last time that Brucey's wife, Linda, had told me that that's her favorite movie as, as well. And wow. then I had asked her why. And she said, because th this movie is the most like Bruce Lee, because, of course, he wrote, directed, choreographed, and Everything, starred yeah. in it. Yeah, and yeah. then I and of course I made Linda laugh. I go, well, he, he essentially in all five of Bruce Lee movies, he's basically playing him himself. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. True. But I guess in yeah, but but I guess she said in Way of the Dragon, he did That's some of these funny things that he would do while oh. while, while they were at home, right? You know, like nice. like like yeah, mm -hmm. like little pranks and and jokes and and stuff like that. So second for me would be a uh, Fist of Fury. So, um, wow. you mm -hmm. know, uh, but, but I know most of my Bruce Lee, uh, friends pick, uh, Fist of Fury first, oh, but, okay. but, but I like the way the dragon, because it's, it has the, you know, like the balance of, uh, comedy, um, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, martial yeah, arts yeah. 
acting, the the fact that he actually fought someone yeah. Yeah. that would uh, beat him, you know, and Bruce had total control of the movie. The, yeah, the yeah. first two were, of course, directed by Lo Wei, and then it kind of hindered uh, Bruce Lee. Uh, but of course, you know, the, the other movies are good as well. Um, my third one is um, Enter the Dragon, because like, like I said, that um, he uh, he has his actual voice in the movie. I also really like the uh, music, you know, yeah, from Lalo Schifrin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, that's pretty nice. Uh, yeah, and then his uh, scream, you know, his his battle cry was mm-hmm. was the most intense of any uh, of his uh, previous films. And, mm-hmm. um, and, yeah, um, and then it also that uh, uh, you know helps that that I own the blue suit from Enter the Dragon. Mm-hmm. So every so every time I watch that scene, I, I say, oh, oh, all right. <laughs> <laughs> Get those goosebumps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So after kind of discovering Bruce Lee and watching these movies, did it kind of start your interest in a lot of other Hong Kong cinema? Do you have any kind of directors or actors that you really enjoy? Well, I, I guess for me, um, the next kung fu actor that I followed was uh, Jackie Chan, mm-hmm. um, because it was, you know, this brief uh, lag after the Kung Fu craze where, where the yep. Kung Fu movies were just kind of nothing special. Then in 1978, a lot of people were talking about this movie called Snake in the Eagle's Shadow. And then they said this, yeah, you de- even though you're, you're such a big Bruce Lee fan, you, you have to watch this movie. And I said, well, who's the star? And they said this guy named Jackie Chan. And uh, previously I had never heard of that name. And then I said, well, what's so great about him? They said, um, well, he's like the total opposite of Bruce Lee, <laughs> but but he does like comedy um, acrobatics and he does his own stunts. And the story is actually a very nice one, you know, kind of similar to like in Star Wars or the Karate Kid, where you have the the old wise uh, Sifu trying mm-hmm. to to guide a younger student and um yeah, so of all the uh, Jackie Chan movies, uh, Snake and the Eagle Shadows is my all-time favorite. Mm-hmm. Oh, really? Not, Interesting. Yeah, wow. yeah. Not uh, even though people say, "Well, Drunken Master," that's like uh, fifty times better because they actually use the same stars, the same director, yeah, yeah. same same everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But what's lacking in Drunken Master was the relationship between Jackie and his master, because in Drunken Master they really didn't have a a relationship. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then I guess uh, then after that they came out with um, with the John Woo movies. Um, mm, yeah, yeah, wow. what, what, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, this is you know, people were telling me I, I said is is a martial arts. They go, no, no, is 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 mostly shooting. And, stuff. <laughs> and I go, what's what's right. so yeah, what's so great about that? He he said is the director John Woo. He does it in 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 a way that's highly uh, unlike you you've ever seen. You know, most True. you know well. Well, they kind of compared John Woo to what Sam uh, Peckinpah. Yeah, he influenced yeah. him actually. Sam Peckinpah yes. is a big influence for for John yes. Woo. Yeah. Yes. Um, although I had never seen a Sam Sam Peckinpah movie because I always thought they were too violent. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, actually, yeah, yeah. So so then when I saw the John Woo movies, then it was mm. like, wow, wow. You know, yeah, the, yeah. even though this is not kung fu, is is you know something different, very refreshing. And then after the John Woo movies, then it wasn't until the Ip Man movies with uh, Donnie mm. Yen, where, where, where we were once again introduced to, to a Kung Fu movie where people started to flock into the theaters. Yeah. And um, yeah, and because I, you know, I, I take uh, and study Wing Chun, mm. um, you know, even if you don't practice Wing Chun, um, the Donnie Yen, Ip Man movies are quite special. The uh, first Definitely. two. Mm-hmm. The, yeah, the yes, third I one was was yeah. <laughs> I agree. I agree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree yeah. with you. The first yeah. two are really impressive in terms of choreography and storyline. True. Yes. Yeah. Then they start yes. to but become. It's the third and the... fourth one that Bruce Lee appeared in, though. I mean, yes. like the yeah, as well, a young character. I mean, yeah. yeah, yeah. This is the uh, the uh, you know the ironic part is that uh, a lot of people say Jeff, uh, well, you you really like the Ip Man movies because of the appearance of of a. Uh, Bruce Lee. Yeah. And, yeah. and then I and then my immediate response is that when they show Bruce Lee, that actually 
in my opinion, takes the the movie down because oh. because the way they use him is kind of like a dis distraction. Yeah, that, yeah. that right. you you want to watch the you know Donnie Yen as yes, it, yes. It, it man than the guy that that plays uh, Bruce, Bruce Lee. Yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah. Well, that's actually a, a great segue into we we were interested in talking about torchbearers of Bruce Lee, and yeah. so you mentioned Donnie Yen. And he's been in the movie industry for quite a while. But mm. I think just nowadays, if you talk about a person that has really good martial arts skill, and he's also kind of like a, you know, you kind of know what to expect when you go see a Donnie Yen movie. And it okay. kind of has like that feel of, well, I wouldn't say it's like the feel of Bruce Lee, but it, it's kind of a little bit more comparable in contrast to like someone like Jackie Chan, right? Mm -hmm. So, uh, what what do you think about that? What do you think in terms of torchbearers that encompass that spirit of Bruce? Well, I I always uh, tell people that um, Bruce Lee was one of a kind, uh, mm -hmm. kind of like you know with Muhammad Ali, there's only one. Um, mm -hmm. Michael Jordan, there's only one. Michael Jackson, there's only one. Mm -hmm. And Bruce Lee was was in that special uh, category. You know, there's people that are good, mm -hmm. but they'll never attain That's that level yeah. Yeah. That, that Bruce Lee did. But of course, it's, it's good to see, um, you know, other Asian actors uh, have some level of success. Mm -hmm. um, and um, But this is all because Bruce Lee opened the doors for, mm -hmm. for all these other Absolutely. people. Absolutely. With Bruce Lee, he hit us on a on a emotional level. When that happens, it lasts for your for your for your lifetime. Mm -hmm. That's true. That's very true. Yeah, yeah. I think it's kind of a separation between kind of Donnie Yen. He's he's great and all, but he's an actor. Whereas Bruce Lee, mm -hmm. he's not just an actor. Yeah, yeah. It seems he's he's something more than that. Mm -hmm. Uh, I. Yeah, I think, I mean, from my side, I, I would say he somehow, I mean, again, he's not Bruce Lee and he never will be, but mm -hmm. the similarity he has, I mean, first of all, he himself grew up watching Bruce Lee. He's a Bruce Lee fan mm -hmm. himself, mm -hmm. and a, a lot of his fighting styles are inspired by Bruce as well, uh, the fast kicking techniques, right? And, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. the fact that he actually also somehow revolutionized choreography the same way Bruce did. I mean, he, in Flashpoint, for example, um, in that movie, he kind of introduced a very different fighting style, much more MMA focused, mm. like a lot of grappling and you know, fights on the ground. And uh, I think that was already something, you know, that you say, okay, that was something mm. new. And so he, he did have somehow that kind of effect that Bruce had when, you, when it comes to choreography, right? But again, you right. know, Bruce had this, you know, all encompassing, you know, presence yeah. that I mm. think like what Jeff said, nobody will ever have. But from my yeah. perspective, yeah, I would definitely say Donnie, Donnie Yen is probably you know in the last 25 years the one that you would put up there as the martial arts star in asia i would say yeah one of the top yeah, yeah. i think you have to i guess we have to look at it from a certain aspect like we look yeah, at it yeah, from yeah. the fight choreography yeah 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 yeah, yeah kind of like um when you watch sports like there's some players that that are so so great that they're at such a high level and then when when they retire, then, then you have the next generation mm -hmm. and then they're, you know, they're, they're okay, but it's just, you know, it doesn't, doesn't have that, that same level. Right. And um, right. it's like, we, we continue to talk about is always that if, if there is a new martial arts star, mm -hmm. you always compare him to the, uh, sure. the, uh, King. Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah. 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 And also a lot of these actors, most of them are influenced by Bruce Lee in one way or the other as well. True. Because there's no true. kind of martial arts action star that is not influenced by Bruce Lee. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah. if they say that they weren't, they're they're probably lying. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> 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 yep. Yeah, which is true. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Donnie definitely is right. And then you got, I mean, even these uh, Southeast Asian stars like uh, mm -hmm. Tony Jaa is a huge fan of Bruce mm -hmm. Lee. I mean, yeah, he has a, he has a kind of Thai boxing style and more focus on acrobatics, but he himself is a huge fan, right? Yes. All right, so as you said, I mean, they would be lying if they say like they, you know, they aren't. Yeah. Yeah. 
because he's kind of the progenitor of a lot of how you know martial arts in film and how it's captured and how it is the geography and all of that is people are just building up on top of that Definitely. i think i think one thing that's important that uh you know i i experienced back in the 70s was that there were so many kung fu films that came out and you don't have to be a practitioner to see a Bruce Lee movie and realize that he really knows how to fight in, in real life mm -hmm. versus, mm -hmm. versus the, these other stars are, are like, you know, I mean, you, you can tell that, that, you know, they, they do some martial arts, but is, yeah, yeah. is, is not r real. And, mm -hmm. um, yeah, it's yeah, film people, fighting basically. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And then, you know, um, I'm pretty sure, um, fighting or kung fu movies will can continue on for even even past when yeah. we're no longer here yeah yeah but, i mean that that brings up a good point too i mean because matthias mentioned tony cha and mm -hmm. or iku was like they they, oh, yeah, they are yeah. also martial artists right so mm -hmm. yeah you know tony cha is muay thai boxing but i mean it's still he's learned in martial arts so when he appears on screen and he's playing out these roles that that definitely helps mm -hmm. give a convincing kind of you know to create these great stunts and, and these great scenes right it's similar to yes. how bruce lee he's really good at kung fu and that really helps in terms of translating that onto the screen to the audience yeah and then it's kind of you know kind of sad with uh tony ja of course his breakout movie was was on bach mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and then uh and then you know every everyone said wow you know this yeah. this guy's great and then, and, then it, and then it slowly slowly started going down and then you, people say well whatever happened to him mm. that he he should have got you know higher higher and, and higher but it just it just kind of sad that you know we had these uh people with uh with something special, you know, very, very talented, yeah. but, uh, but I guess, um, you have to have the, the opportunity mm -hmm. with the, with, with the next film and, and yeah. so on. But I think a lot of the things that he did was, uh, well, seem like very dangerous. So as you get older, if you re mm. rely on those particular moves that when, yeah. when you get older, you won't be able to do those anymore. And Correct. then people are not going to want to watch you anymore. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's sometimes just like those certain movies, you just get to have the right role and the right movie, or the right mm. director, the right mm. time. And yeah, there's so many factors. But I mean, he's yeah. still really big. I mean, he, yeah. th these guys yeah. are still, you know, yeah. really yeah, big. Sure. I mean, I mean he those, made it to Hollywood yeah. as well, right? I mean, he yeah. was in um, Fast and Furious as well as a bad guy. And one of, the, I don't remember which one, I forgot if it was like Fast mm -hmm. because it's so many of them now. I don't know if it was part yeah. part eight or part nine. <laughs> I don't know. Is yeah. yeah. it the seventh one or the eighth one? The eighth one, I think. Yeah, he was yeah. like a bad guy. And then he was also in, um, correct me if I'm wrong, I think he was also in one of the Triple X. Was he in Triple X part two, I think? Uh, I think so, yeah. And um, and then he did a Hong Kong movie with Wu Jing as well, um, mm -hmm. SPL Part Two, right? And that one he was pretty good, actually. I think. But yeah, I it was really, really good. Uh, that one yeah, it was really yeah, good. Yeah. yeah. The, the the top ones he did, I think, yeah, still Ong Bak and and Tom Yam Gung, right? Um, Tom Yam Gung mm -hmm. was also pretty good, and uh, yeah, th those were his two classics. I mean, you know. Mm -hmm. But it's interesting to see how how both of them, like uh, Tony Ja, kind of you know he's Thai and he has this kind of Thai boxing focus style. Equal wise, he's mm -hmm. Indonesian and he does silat, right? So they they all kind of you know have they they brought some new kind of mm. I, I wouldn't say mm -hmm. fresh air, but they kind of you know added more flavors to the mix, right? Yeah, and it's a bit of like that legacy too. Yeah, seeing how Bruce Lee. Yeah. Like those seeds have grown in all these different regions or places and how it's being improved or, or being kind of developed in different yeah. sort of ways based Correct. on that foundation. Yeah. So, so speaking in terms of that, um, where I, I guess the many, many of us are going to be very interested in, in the new Bruce Lee, uh, biopic by Ang Lee that's going to mm -hmm. star his, his, uh, yes. his actual son. <laughs> Yeah, and um, yeah, we know that Ang Lee is is an Academy Award uh, winning director. Mm -hmm. um, you know, so he knows his stuff, and and he isn't gonna just hire his son, you know, because of nepotism. 
<laughs> you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, he, yeah, okay. he, he, he probably sees, yeah, yeah. Unless, unless, uh, Ali has been training his son since birth to, to, you know, to, <laughs> yeah, 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 this role. So, yeah, yeah. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, I think just talking about this stuff is great because it just seems Hong Cinema or even a lot of, you know, Bruce Lee movies, it's just kind of, you know, if Bruce Lee is a character, I think he, he definitely lives on. But some of these movies, I don't know if underrepresented is like the right word, but it seems like there's not enough people kind of talking about it and going back to kind of watch like these classic movies. This show, we hope that we can explore these things and the influence of these movies and just to get people to look at them again or even just watch some of the new ones. Like we mentioned like Donnie Yen or Tony Ja some of those movies, you know, they might not be from Chinese actors, but, you know, just Asian movies in general, just to get people to kind of take another look at it. Because even Absolutely. like Tony Ja, like you mentioned that he wasn't able to get to that point where even though he's really talented and he's been in some really good movies, like he's never been able to achieve that level of success, such as stardom, Bruce Lee yeah. <laughs> yeah, and stardom. Maybe it's just, there's not enough like momentum or platforms kind of just really, you know, promoting it in a way that get people to, to get to that sort of level. I don't know. Yeah. Cause, um, I guess the, the important term is that you always have to strike when the iron is, is hot. Mm -hmm. And, yeah. um, as you know, with Bruce Lee, he was right in the middle of filming game of death. And then mm -hmm. when Warner brothers called him to do enter the dragon, he put game of death on hold. Because mm -hmm. he knew that this was like a maybe a once in a lifetime opportunity to right. get to do a, a Hollywood um, movie mm -hmm. and then go go back to Game of Death. Sometimes you know because when a popular martial arts actor hits a peak, and then it's like you said, it's all about timing. Mm -hmm. If the opportunities or the proper roles don't come shortly after, you know, yeah. it just it's just gonna kind of fizzle out right yeah so true true yeah but i think also like a lot of these movies you can see it in hollywood anyways it's just just in a different sort of form like matthias he mentioned a lot of movies the matrix like they were yeah you know you know paying like the choreography is actually done by you know hong kong martial arts choreographer so Correct. A lot of these yeah. things, like John Wick, obviously is is influenced by Hong Kong cinema, yeah. or Gun even Fu, a lot of, yeah, yeah, the kung fu stuff, yeah, like Gun, yeah. Gun yeah. Fu, Gun Fu, yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. And now I think yeah. it's like a mixture of that. Yeah, you know, where Bruce Lee movies are more traditional martial arts, you know, obviously because that was the beginning, right? But afterwards, um, with John Woo and all those like gun flicks, crime flicks. Nowadays, if you look, watch like Raging Fire from, from Donnie Yen and Nick said, you can see like, that's just the, like the mixture of that. There's like the gun fights, you know, yeah, and then yeah. you also the There's crime some... and all that stuff is like yeah. put together. Right. Yeah. I think, but... be, I think besides, um, the combination of, of gun with Kung Fu movies through of course, uh, Jackie Chan in police story, mm -hmm. I remember with Mateus that I think it was last week or a couple of weeks ago, he had posted on Facebook, uh, the movie called writing wrongs. Oh yeah. Wow. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And I, I, I definitely re remember this, um, classic gun, uh, martial arts, um, movie because it had the all time best female on female fight, uh, that, that I've ever seen with, uh, yeah, yeah. Cynthia Rothrock and, uh, Karen Shepard. Yeah. And, um, when Mateus had sh shared that, I, you know, brought, brought back a lot of memories. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's an absolute classic. I mean, that, that, that is something every, every, every Hong Kong film fan. And I mean, anybody who wants to become one must watch. I mean, that's like a, yeah. Top five all time classic. Yeah. Yeah. And then I, I think this is like one of the top movies of Yun, of Yun Bao. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I think yes. together with the prodigal son, that's his best one actually. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, just personal fan opinion, but it's, yeah, it's right up there. I mean. Yeah. And then the choreography was, was so, so good that, that when I yeah. was talking to one, one of the actresses, uh, Karen Shepard, she, she said, Jeff, oh. did, did you know that there, wow. there were moments where 
I was doubled. And I said, well, who is the female that doubled you? And, it's not... and she, yeah, yeah, she said it was a guy <laughs> yeah. wearing, wearing yeah. a uh, wig. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah, that, exactly. That, that happened to be small. So yeah, 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 yeah. Because yeah. there were some acrobatics there that maybe she, yeah, yeah she, she, she could yeah. do probably, but maybe they didn't want to risk any injury, you know. Well, so um, yeah, th thanks, Jeff, for talking with Definitely. us today. Yeah. I think we a lot learned a lot. Uh, yeah, Definitely. a lot of interesting stories. Yeah. So for people who are interested in learning more about your exhibitions on Bruce Lee uh, that you're holding, is there any way for them to find out more about? Yes. Our exhibition is called uh, We Are Bruce Lee. Um, you know, just uh, type that in and um, you, you will get to our website. Is is going to be is a continuous um, Bruce Lee exhibition that is planned for at least uh, five years. Oh, so, wow. so wow. plenty of plenty of opportunities to come. Um, we're open I will. Wednesday huh. through uh, Sundays, and I and I try to give tours every Wednesday and every Saturday. So yes. Oh wow! Great. It's in San Francisco, right? Awesome. Yes, uh, San Francisco Chinatown at the Chinese Historical um, Society of America Museum on nine sixty five Clay Street. Awesome! So definitely, people should go and check that out. Mm -hmm. Definitely, yeah, yeah. And I'm gonna fly over to San Francisco soon. Man. <laughs> I don't want to miss out on a personalized tour, man. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. We'll, yeah. We'll make sure you do it within five years. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> if you like some of the movies we talked about and are around Southeast Asia, be sure to check out Celestial Movies, CCM, and our other services via our website. Celestial Movies is Asia's leading premium Chinese movie service bring you exclusive and first-run movies throughout the year with the biggest Hong Kong and Chinese stars and the biggest blockbusters. While CCM brings you the most iconic films from the renowned Shaw Brothers studio, showcasing your mastered blockbusters from the golden age of Hong Kong cinema. Thank you for tuning in. For more information on this episode and other episodes, please visit our website at thewayintothedragon.com. You can follow us on social media by searching The Way Into the Dragon. And please rate, review, and follow our show on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Take care and catch you on the next one. The references to any products, services linked to third parties, or other information by the speakers in this podcast does not constitute or imply its endorsement, sponsorship, or recommendation by Celestial Tiger Entertainment. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the speakers and do not necessarily reflect the views or positions of Celestial.